Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of What the Puck. This is episode 12, but this video is going to be a little bit different as it's not the uh, typical uh, breakdown of everything. I mean, it is going to be a hockey video, obviously, but I think uh, we're going to specifically keep this the review of some of the biggest trades from the trade deadline just because there was a lot that happened since our last episode, but I think that we're just going to keep this specifically. We're going to just uh, break down some of the biggest trades uh, that went through um, that went through either leading up to the deadline or on deadline day. So I picked out a few. I picked out more of the major impact ones. I can't obviously get to every single one, but I will uh, try and explain uh, what I think was good, what I think was bad from specific trades. So we'll move on. We'll, we'll uh, start right into it, actually. Let's not waste any time here. So first up, we had a goalie trade, and man, I may call me a man with a fucking crystal ball, but I'm the one that predicted this or uh, said this should have happened. You can go back and listen to the episode that I did predict it on. The Minnesota Wild acquire Marc-Andre Fleury from the Chicago Blackhawks, and in exchange, the Blackhawks will receive a conditional second-round pick, and it will become a first-round selection if the Wild make the conference finals and Fleury wins four games in the first two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Chicago has also retained 50% of Flurry's salary, just so Minnesota can fit uh, Flurry in the uh, the uh, cat salary cap. So I think this is a great move for the Wild. They are, uh, what's it called? They're having an incredible season. They are second in the division. Um, obviously, no one's going to catch Colorado in this uh, central division at 95 points, but Minnesota's right there at 80 points. Um, in that second spot, and they have to fight off teams like the Blues, the Predators, the Stars, all chasing them. It's going to be a dogfight of a central. But Minnesota did need a goalie, and they did get one. All right, they're one of the. They have a really good offensive team. Actually, they they can. Uh, they're one of the best teams at scoring goals. If you ask me, I, I don't really think there's many. Uh, many other teams out there in the entire league with a better offense. Uh, I think that they've got to be one of the top. I'd say f at least top five. I mean, I, I, I can't specifically uh, put a number on it, but they have to be one of the top scoring offenses. And then combined with that, so combined with their top six being able to score, they have a really good checking line, a really good third checking line. you got Jordan Greenway, Joel Eriksson-Eck, and Marcus Foligno. That is a big line that can play physical, good defensively. And so they... And and they are just really tough to play in, so that that's going good for them. But I think I think here uh, Billy Garen, so I feel he needed that goalie to uh, push them over the edge because, I mean, he did trade Capo Kakinen, uh in a separate deal to the Sharks. I think he got back uh, Jacob Middleton in that deal. So call it what you want, but uh, he could not trust the uh, Cap Capo Kakinen. And uh, Cam Talbot to be the uh, one-two punch in net. Um, I don't think either guy was really a proven guy to uh, say. Uh, oh, we really should. Uh, we we really can feel com confident that uh, this is the uh, way we should go. Um, and I think for, uh, Bill Guerin has that familiarity with Mark Andre Fleury, even as a player. Uh, for those who don't remember, Bill Guerin was traded uh, to for that cup run with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. When they won the Stanley Cup uh, way back in, uh, was it 08, 09, if I'm not mistaken? Bill Guerin was on that team, so they do have a familiarity with each other. And, you know, Flurry, uh, 
as for Marc Andre Fleury, you know his uh, how can I say his career? Uh, you know he, he's at the I don't I don't want to say telltale end, but he's getting older. He's not obviously getting uh, obviously he's getting older. He's not getting any younger, so he wants to play for a cup contender. He would have gone to any cup contender except anyone. He didn't want to play in Canada. He made it very clear he wanted to stay in the U.S., which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. He he had the right since he uh, it was a no trade clause for him, so he could have he he had to uh, approve of the trade. And you know what? Um, this is a good. I think this is good for Flurry. I think Minnesota does have a shot of winning, but I also you know this is the the time right now for Minnesota because those buyouts from the uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Uh, deals are going to start kicking in the Capri- the Kirill Kaprizov contract. That's going to start kicking in, um, or it has kicked in. And you got guys like uh, Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen. You know, those are the big uh, salary guys, and because those are the good pl- uh, the players. Even Zuccarello makes money. You know, so it's uh they have to they have to uh, what's it called? Bill Guerin had to make sure this team uh, win. Has to go all in and have the best possible team out there to win, because you know this there there isn't there might not be much after this, but uh, because because of their uh, salary cap situation, and uh, this is what the Wild had to do, and they are going all in. So they also uh, like I said acquired Jacob Middleton for toughness, and then they got uh, Nick Delore, one of the biggest NHL tough guys. He's on their fourth line right now, so um, uh, they also made a trade for I think they they flipped Nico Stern for Tyson Jost, so a for a young player swap, which I guess both players needed to shake up, but oh well, nothing uh, too crazy. So they got the goalie and they got some toughness. As for Chicago, they got like I said, they got the second they can become a first. I think that's a fair value return. Um, it was it's hard to uh, what's it called. Chicago's pretty uh crappy this year. They're one of, I I they're one of the uh, worst teams in the NHL this year. They're they're definitely a bottom uh definitely a bottom feeder team, you know. They're going to get a high draft pick. But it, it it's hard, it's kind of hard to put a value on a goalie, especially if it's a bad team in front of him cuz just cuz you don't know how much of it's on him. I know Flurry wasn't really thriving in uh Chicago, but uh you know, like I said, how can you uh how can you put that on him if uh, if it's not uh, if if the team is pretty uh, crappy in front of him? So we'll see how the move works out. We'll see how far the Wild can get. Maybe they win a cup. Maybe they don't. Um, we'll move on because um, that was another trade before the deadline. Another, and we're gonna get into the next trade before that trade deadline. Yes, uh, this is probably one of the. I mean, I am going through the bigger ones, but Claude Giroux, longtime Flyers captain Claude Giroux is going to the Florida Panthers in exchange, and the Flyers got back Owen Tippett, the conditional first-rounder in 2024, a third-rounder in 2023, and uh, more prospects here with Connor Buneman and German Rubstov, and a fifth-round pick as part of the 20, in 2024 as part of this deal. I think uh, Florida, um, so the condition on that uh, first-round pick, Florida receives a... No, sorry. The Flyers will receive uh, Florida's first rounder, unless the pick with uh, falls within the top ten, which obviously it's not. Florida is pretty much at the top of their division, so that pick will ninety nine point nine percent chance that um, they're gonna get that uh, 
pick this year, so they'll have two for they'll have two first rounders this year. Um, and as for the uh, what's it called the sweepstakes for Drew, I was a little surprised. I really thought that um, I really had him penciled in uh, based on the rumors you heard. I thought Colorado was going to get him. Um, but I guess Florida's where Claude Giroux wanted to end up because he did have a no-move uh, clause as well. And, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm so, both both teams have a gr- good shot of winning the Stanley Cup. Um, and and I think uh, Florida gets that. They, they didn't, they had that. Now they have that veteran leader with uh, playoff experience as most of their roster before this. You know, they have a young and up-and-coming roster. And... That nothing wrong with that, but you do need guys with playoff experience. I think the only guys that I'd say had real playoff experiences, Joe Thornton, but he's like on their bottom six, and same thing with uh, Patrick Hornquist, another guy in their bottom six. You know, two two great leaders. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying anything wrong with them, but those are guys with real playoff experience. Now you add Claude Giroux in that deal. All right, so he's another guy with playoff experience, and then they also made the trade for Ben Sherratt. Which I believe I don't remember the uh, full details of that trade, but I believe they gave up they gave up more for Ben Sherratt than they did for Claude Drew. I think they gave up a first rounder for uh, Sherratt. So, I mean, for in terms of the Sherratt deal, I don't I don't want to say that it was a bad deal. I mean, it's it, again, it's hard because Ben Sherratt was uh, he's a good def- I he's a good defenseman. There's nothing I don't want to say. There's anything. Uh, wrong with his play like like he's not okay he's a good defenseman but he's not a top pairing defenseman so actually i'll you know what, i'll pull up the trade in front of me so ben Sherratt went to florida and they gave up oh they gave a prospect too tyler similac uh, a first rounder in 2023 and a fourth rounder in 2022 and also 50 percent of Sherratt's salary was retained so i i really uh what's it called it's a he was he was there. Sherratt was the, probably the best defense in Montreal had this year, and that's an issue because the team sucked. Montreal is again bottom feeder team. Can't, it's really hard to judge players on bad teams. You have to see how they do on a good team uh, surrounded by uh, good players. And I don't think you know Sherratt should be is going to get be getting uh, top pairing minutes anymore. He's not going to play like he was in Montreal. But I think he's a. a a serviceable, you know, top six defenseman. That's I think that's what the role is suited for. Who's physical? He can maybe put him on the penalty kill. You know, that's uh, his role. Um, and in terms of Claude Giroux, you know, you know this guy is a uh, one of the more underrated players in the NHL. Uh, longest tenured Flyers captain. He is in the final. Uh, what's it called? He's he's at the he's thirty four. So he wants to go for a cup. And obviously the Flyers are a rebuilding team, even though he. Drew has played there his whole life, and Drew is still a complete player with uh, plenty of playoff experience. You know he's he may not be the uh, the superstar offensive player anymore, but he can score, he can get assists, and he's still very solid. Uh, just a two way game. You know he's got the uh, he's he's got the ability to do anything. He knows what it takes to do anything, and you can ask Flyers fans that he he was there for a long time. He did a lot of things right. But this is a great move by Florida. Like I said, you, he's probably going to be on that top line. He's going to, uh, or at least the top six. I'm pretty sure he actually made his debut last night and uh, picked up two assists, and he played alongside of, uh, on the uh, Barkov line. So, uh, 
hey, it's already off to a good start, so we can't complain. Unfortunately, uh, Florida did get some bad news. I don't mean to take away from the trade deadline, but it actually does uh, tie in with it because, you know, the Panthers just lost Aaron Ekblad out uh, to injury. He's week to week. And I thought at first that meant, oh, he might miss like a few weeks and be back at the regular season. No, no, no. He's missing all of the regular season now. And it's going to also linger into the first round. Uh, this was after the collision on, I think it was Friday, the game they had against Anaheim, where uh, he collided with Alexander Barkov and he needed help to the locker room. And I was like, wow, that must suck. I mean, this guy, you know, he's coming back off a major injury. And then he has to deal with another injury. Uh, just unfortunate. This guy was in the running for the Norris. I've, I've said that. But um, you hope to see him get better because without Ekblad, they will not, w- they will not win a pick, uh, past the first round. He's that important. Um, so that's kind of – I mean, I guess that's why they – I don't want to say that's why they made it, but good thing they made the trade for Ben Sherratt. And they also acquired a Robert Hag on Sunday, the day before the deadline. Um, I think they give up a six-rounder for him. So as much, they have some defensive depth. So it's not like they have to call anyone up. They do have the depth on defense. But it actually kind of helped them out in a uh, weird way. Because after the uh, injury, that actually gave them the option to put Ekblad on long-term injured reserve, which doesn't go against the salary cap. And that meant that they were able to make the deal for Claude Giroux. So... It's pretty crazy how that works out. Uh, I'm not saying that they that was on purpose. Obviously, it was a freak accident. So, uh, but it it kind of does help them a, a little, and it is a little funny. Um, they also they also made uh, freed up some cap space by uh, I think I already mentioned briefly they got rid of uh, Frankie Vitrano. He's now a New York Ranger. So they and he he was making like two million dollars. So that also helped free up some cap space, but. Um, yeah, so the Florida Panthers are the winners of the uh, Claude Giroux uh, sweepstakes. Hopefully Aaron Ekblad gets uh, healthy for them because uh, I want to know how far that team can go. And in terms of the Flyers, I think they got a good package for Giroux. I, I don't, what's it called? It, it, it's, it's probably obviously hard to see your uh, longtime captain go, but Flyers need to start over. They need to recruit as many picks, prospects as possible. I, I like the... In fact, they get a first for him. They get Owen Tippett, who's got some uh, size, speed, goal-scoring ability. So we'll see how it goes for both teams in the future. But we'll move on. We'll move on here. Um, next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They made a uh, big deal, I'd say. Um, Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell, they acquired from the Seattle Kraken, and they gave up a 2022 second, a 2023 second, and a 2024 second round pick. So... Kyle Dubas, uh, kind of going bargain hunting here. I don't want to say. I mean, I'm not saying uh, three draft picks isn't a lot, but still, he he was able to get a top defenseman, probably one of the best on the market, and you know he. I'd say Giordano's still a top four defenseman, even though he the Seattle again good player on a bad team. It's hard to really judge uh, Giordano here, but uh, he really Dubas didn't uh, not give up a pretty penny for him, so. That's uh pretty good. Um, you have to remember Giordano. Uh, you know he's still he's still a good uh, defenseman who can uh, contribute offensively. Uh, good uh, good passer. He, he's very he can get the puck to the forwards really quickly. He's also very reliable in his own zone. So you're not going to be uh, 
He's not going to be uh, a liability on uh, defense. But they also they get Jake Muzzin back soon. So it's kind of like they have... Uh, it's like they're getting an extra defenseman back. But um, that's the... Uh, that's good for them. And Blackwell's got some speed, grit. Uh, I remember him on the New York Rangers. He was, He's not a bad player, a little player at all. So that helps out their uh, bottom six. So nothing wrong with that trade for them. Here's the uh, big issue with the Leafs, though. If Jack Campbell doesn't come back in time, how fucked up is their goalie situation? Jake, uh, Mara- uh, Peter Morazic was put on waivers. Not Jake Morazic. Peter Morazic was put on waivers. So right now, I got to actually see who they're rocking with goaltending-wise. Goal uh, because right now the Leafs goalie situation does not look good, it w- and they did nothing at the deadline to uh, to uh, improve that. So that is not the uh, something to be hooting and hollering about. But oh, may- maybe Mrazek uh, is still with them. Maybe I why did I think they put him on waivers? Did I? Maybe maybe I'm crazy. I I'm looking at the lines here that still says Mrazek Calgary. I wonder if that's uh. Someone let me know if that's uh if if that's correct actually. But regardless, their goalie situation sucks. There's nothing uh there's nothing they can really even do. They did no other uh no other moves really except that trade. So they it's they they got these goalies for the rest of the year now or the rest of the uh regular season playoffs. And like I said, it was a good trade. Um, they didn't really mortgage anyone in the future. They didn't give up any of their top prospects. Um, no first rounders were dealt, so they still have it. So good for them. And you know what? Uh, this is, uh, I have to say Kyle Dubas, uh, did pretty good here. You know, he had a lot of pressure on him to, uh, go out there and get a, I mean, other than not getting the goalie, which I'm, I guess you can criticize him for. He did get the top defenseman to help, uh, Mark Giordano is probably one of the better on the market. Um, when you consider uh, who was out there who got dealt, you got Lindholm, which we'll get into in a little bit. Giordano was pretty good. I'm trying to think. I mean, he gave up less uh, for Giordano than the Panthers gave up for Sherratt. So I guess that's uh, a win for him. And uh, yeah, pretty much uh, in terms of the Leafs, this is a, this is a great deal for them. And you have to remember, Mark Giordano, I'm not saying this is the same thing from when he was three years ago, but he did win a Norris Trophy three years ago, so it's not far-fetched from when he was an elite defenseman. I don't think he's that anymore, but he's still a pretty good defenseman. So uh, another, a guy to help them on the blue line, a guy to help them uh, box out. He's got plenty of playoff experience, plenty of in-game experience. Um, the guy is just a menace. He's a... Uh, What's it called? I know he's, uh, I think he's 38, 39, Giordano, but, you know, he's 38, so he's in the final year of a six-year deal that um, when he was back with the Flames, but he's 38 years old, and this is a cup move for him. He wants to go win a cup, so this is uh, one of his last chances, but he's uh, done a great job to uh, stay in shape and counteract the 38. He's not an old 38. I always say there's a difference between a young 38 and an old 38-year-old. And the old 38-year-old, they are the ones that are uh, constantly getting injured, doesn't, don't look the same. But the young 38-year-old like Giordano does a great job taking care of his body, um, eating right, uh, working out correctly with his trainers. And Mark Giordano is uh, having a uh, – I don't want to say – again, it's hard to judge because he's on a bad team. But he wasn't playing hor- horrific with the uh, Kraken. 
the team around him just sucked, which sometimes that's the case when you're an expansion team. But um, the only real question is with the Leafs is the goaltending. Other than that, I like the forward group. I like the defensive group. Jack Campbell, uh, will he be able to come back? I don't know. That's the uh, wait-and-see progress with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and well, that will only tell when it comes to uh, when we come to playoff time. So there's another trade in the books. Um, the next up trade was the uh, Boston Bruins. Probably This is probably the best defenseman on the market, so the Panthers got the best forward in my opinion. We had the goalie. Um, the Leafs getting one of the better defensemen, but this is definitely the best defenseman on the uh, market, and that's definitely uh, Hampus Lindholm uh, going to the uh, Boston Bruins. So I could actually pull up this trade right now. I should have pulled. I don't know why I did not pull up the trade. I thought I did. Yes, here it is. So the Anaheim Ducks, uh, they actually got a good penny for uh, Hampus Lindholm. So Boston got Hampus Lindholm and Cody Coran. In exchange, the Anaheim Ducks got Euro Vakaninen, a pretty good young defenseman um, who's got NHL experience. So, I think he's like twenty three. So, good pickup for them. They got John. They got John Moore's contract back in the deal. So that was like salary, a twenty twenty two first rounder, a twenty twenty three second rounder, and a twenty twenty four second rounder in the deal. The Ducks also retained Lindholm's salary for um, for the rest of the year because. Hampus Lindholm did sign that eight-year extension right after, uh, right after he signed, which it's a little. Uh, I'm not saying it, he's not worth it. Uh, he it's, so the contract's eight years, fifty-two million. So that's an a- average annual of. Oh my god, I can't I can't do math for my life, but I, that's like a six point five. So it's not a bad contract. It's just the eight years. Like, but here's the issue: he ha- he didn't even play with Boston yet. I could understand if they gave him a, a contract like after the season. You know, let's say they had a deep playoff run. Um, let's say they have a deep playoff run, and he's a good. He, he's good during the regular season. Good during playoffs. He's like, all right, we want to sign you long term. I could understand that, but the fact that he didn't even play a game yet and they gave him an extension—that's what I never like. Um, I never like when uh, GMs do that. I feel they get carried away and they just have to wait and see what what happens. Because now they're stuck with him, regardless. Uh, regardless whether he's good or bad, it's eight years of that. Eight years for Am- Hampus Lindholm after this season. So um, I think Hampus Lindholm's, uh, like I said, the best defenseman on the market. He's probably the most sought after and probably the most expensive uh, in terms of trade package. But he's not really a physical defenseman. But I have to say Hampus Lindholm is actually a really good defensively. Um, so he can contribute offensively, but he's a really solid uh, two-way defenseman. He can keep the puck out of the net, and he's always got great stick positioning, um, always in the right spot, and he's always, uh, what's it called, he can he can block shots, he can uh, play against top players and log big minutes, so he's nothing, and he does have playoff experience as well. That is pretty important. Um, in terms of the Boston Bruins with the uh, with how their team is, I do love this. I do like uh, having uh, Hampus Lindholm. Here's the issue, though. I don't think, th- I don't think this team is complete, and they won't win. The- and I don't think they're gonna be uh, cup be uh, winning the uh, cup. And here, and here's why. I just don't believe in their uh, in that in that second line center. I think they were missing it. So in the first line, you have you have Bergeron as the center with Marshawn and DeBrusque on the second line. 
you know, David Pasternak and Taylor Hall, perfect wingers. Issue is Eric Howell, that second line center. I'm 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 fine with Eric Howell being like a third line center, but in terms of the second line center, he just is not. Uh, in my opinion, um, in my opinion, he's not the uh, the guy that uh, that should be sought after. I should say for a second line center, like he's a good. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I know he can uh, play good defensively. He's got some size on him. But you could put someone like that on the third line. He's not a second-line center, unfortunately. And I really wished... Um, so, actually, the guy I, I thought Boston should have gotten ended up on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I guess we could break that trade down, too, because it was a pretty big one, I'd say. Um, so, the Pittsburgh Penguins are the guy that ended up with Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks. So... The Ducks didn't just sell off. They had a bit of a fire sale. But in return to uh, the Ducks, they got Zach Aston Reese, uh, Dominic Simone. The, uh, I think they got a prospect in that deal as well. And a 2022 second round pick. So I really, I really didn't think this was a whole lot to give up for the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. And, and Ricard Raquel, you know, he's, he's good around the net. Um, he and he shoots the puck a lot too, so you know he's not a uh, he's not really uh, he's not really the uh, he's not really that uh, guy that'll make everyone around him better. But he looks to try and attack the net and score goals. So you know with Raquel in Pittsburgh, he's going to be in their top six. Obviously, I think probably next to getting Malkin to help him out because uh, they could give, they definitely needed some uh, scoring help beside. Uh, you know, with Crosby already having his line and Malkin now having his line. But um, I didn't mean to talk about Pittsburgh too much, but I did want to t- touch up on this trade because I think ba- I wish Boston would have got him. But Pittsburgh did end up with a pretty good uh, score, and they're they're poised to try and make another cup run, you know, with Malkin and Latang uh, being uh, free agents this year. It's, it's kind of one of their last dances. Can they get the fourth cup in between that trio of Crosby, Malkin, Latang? So we'll see what Pittsburgh can do. But as for uh, Boston, you know, I really think that getting a, getting a number two center, even missing out on someone like Andrew Kopp would, would have been an upgrade over Eric Halla. But um, I really think that's going to hurt them. And not, I mean, the Lindholm deal is going to, you know, it's going to help their playoff run. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be playing next to Charlie McAvoy. So that's going to be, you know, the top uh, defenseman, uh, that pairing of Lindholm-McAvoy. You know, on paper, it's going to be one of the best uh defensive pairings in the NHL. So they're going to be a lot better from it. And I don't know if if Boston doesn't uh do have a deep run, I don't know is it is uh who Cassidy uh how, how much uh how much of a leash, leash does he have um with this Boston Bruins team uh, going forward? You know, he's not uh he's not what's it called? It's not like uh, Boston was uh, coming in uh, as a non-playoff contender and he took this team. No, no, no. You know, he's been here since 2016, 2017, and he just hasn't been able to get over the hump. So he made the, I mean, he made the cup final back back, uh, in 19 when they lost to St. Louis. But, you know, it's first, other than that, it's first round exit, second round exit, second round exit, second round exit. So I don't know. Is this the... uh, Last, uh, 
Is this the last time for uh, Bruce Cassidy? I mean, I know there's also, what's it called? There's been rumblings that he he always doesn't get it. He's very tough on players. He's not a player's coach. So the players have his back. I don't know. Can't can't say 100% short. I mean, Boston is uh, surging right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the NHL. I think uh, they, they have actually... Uh, jumped in the standings they're actually third they're actually tied for second with the Leafs now so and they were they were like points down behind the Lightning and Leafs but now they're uh, right there with them and they're and they're this they're just they have one get more game played than them but they are tied with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs for uh, points with second they jumped over Tampa so that's going to be an interesting uh another poor Leafs fans if they have to endure another uh Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins, round one. That would be a nightmare. Boston is now eight one and one in their last ten games, and you know a big actually I'd say a big part of that too is the emergence of uh, Jeremy Swayman this year. He's he's the, not only their goalie of the future, but I'd say he's uh, proved to be their goalie right now. And people are like, oh, maybe we should get a goalie because Tuukka Rask retired. Well, Jeremy Swayman is uh, you know he's outplayed our line of mark and he's. Uh, He's the man right now, so congrats to Boston. They found that next goalie pretty uh, quickly. Uh, a shocking thing with Boston, actually, I really thought that uh, you know Jake DeBrus was going to get dealt, but they actually kept him and extended him. So I could actually read the uh, extension for you guys, but I I was really shocked that he was not dealt. It's probably one of the more uh, shocking uh, shocking uh, non deals, I should say. Um, but it, I, I still, what's it called? It's pretty weird. So he got a two-year, $8 million extension. But, and, and he's played much better as of recent. Uh, I know he struggled a lot. But um, this year he's got 15 goals, 11 assists. Uh, but, he's, but he's playing better of recent. And, you know, DeBrusque, uh, he's still a, an impact player. And I guess uh, Sweeney, the man up there for the general manager job, uh, sees that. But I really thought, you know, maybe this is the guy they could uh, chip in with someone to get like a second line center. Um, they all, the Bruins also got uh, Zach Brown from the uh, Ottawa Centers, another defenseman. So not a bad uh, bo- uh, bottom six defenseman just to round it out, give them some uh, depth. Uh, if anything, that they uh, they gave up a seventh rounder and the uh, famous Zach Shenishin, one of the uh, fantastic three from. Uh, the uh, Shirelli draft back in 2015. The uh, For anyone who doesn't know, you can go back to that 2015 draft and see how it worked out. Not so good. But, um, you know, this team did improve. I still think they're a second-line center away, which they'll have to get in the offseason. So I don't think they'll be uh, going deep because of that. I think it's going to hurt them, their depth down the middle. But um, they all, I, I think they almost actually had a deal for uh, with the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins. I was reading that the Bruins were tr- going to give up uh, Jake DeBrush straight up for uh, Philip Heal, which, um, I mean, I guess that might work. Two guys that might need a change of scenery, uh, but neither guy's proven yet, but have a lot of skill. So we'll see. Um, in terms of seller, I like to really talk about buyers, but... There, uh, what's it called? There's uh, some sellers that did pretty. Uh, what's I I I'd say. I'd I'd say when it, in terms of winning and losing, it's it's hard to determine now because you know there's no. Uh, there there's no uh, how do I say that there's no there's no real way until you see what happens you know, uh, success wise prospect wise. Uh, 
but there were some teams that I thought did a good job selling. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, they got rid of guys like Sherratt, I said earlier, Lekkinen, Andrew Hammond. And they got, you know, they got some packages for them. They got, you know, they got, they were able to recruit some draft picks. Like, you got a first, two seconds. So that'll help Jeff Gordon up with the draft. The Ducks, you know, they got rid of, like I said, Lindholm, Raquel. They also got rid of Manson to Colorado. That was a pretty good move. Um, but they got plenty of, uh, you know, good young talent, some more draft picks uh, to try and complete that rebuild. Maybe next year they're a playoff team, if anything. So that's possibly a thing. The Seattle Kraken, they, they got a shit ton of draft picks. They might have been the best team when it comes to selling because, you know, I mean, the job isn't finished. They still have to draft the right player, but... Uh, the Seattle Kraken, uh, if they can draft right in the next uh, two years, uh, watch out for them on the come-up because they're going to have a young team. He's got to see if they're able to draft right, uh, Ron Francis, and his uh, scouting department. So I think we're that's going to wrap up the uh, trade deadline episode. I covered the majority of the major trades. Um, I know there was some more out there, believe me, I know. But there was uh, it was a very impactful trade deadline episode. Uh, that's the only purpose of this one. So um, next week we'll talk about uh, what's going around the NHL, but this week I just wanted a uh, trade deadline episode just to break it down because there was a lot of uh, moves that happened. And now uh, coming up we'll be talking about these Stanley Cup playoff runs. We'll talk about what's going on around the league and much and much more. So I hope everyone enjoyed this episode, uh, and we will see you all in episode 13 next week.